0: Sports
1: Radio, 92.7 FM, WFNZ. Straight five. This is the Wesson Walker Show.
0: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
1: It's the Wesson Walker Show, back in the studio with our boy, Fiddy. Did you miss us in the studio, or do you kind of like the alone time when we're out on remote?
2: I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really miss you guys. Yesterday. I had uh, all three TVs to myself. People were coming in wanting autographs and the like. So I had a lot of fun without you guys. Y'all had a lot of fun, though, at the Hornets Cornucopia event. So I'm glad all around we all had a good day yesterday.
1: It's a very busy week for us, not only on the Wesson Walker Show, but everywhere on WFNZ. We'll be out tomorrow at the Jack Daniels Doghouse for the Street Turkeys event the 18th annual, I know we've been doing it a long time here at WFNZ. It's going to be my first time, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and what you were warning me and Wes about is that those things get pretty crazy over there, right, where there's a lot of stuff going on, maybe some guests hop on. There is really not a ton of planning to that show. You can go in with the blueprint, but there might be some audibles that we have to call as that show goes on.
2: Man, last year, me and the former host, we had our shows laid out. It was maybe the best well-put-together show we ever had, and (laughs) (laughs) And and, and five minutes in the first segment, it went out the window. It's a special day, though. It's it's the biggest day of the year for us here at WFNC. I remember growing up listening to this event and how important it was. So now to be able to be a part of it. Is extra special, and we can't wait to be out there with you guys, starting from six in the morning to six in the evening. Yeah, same
1: here. Because I remember, you know, being over there on Moorhead as well, a little bit further down Moorhead Street, and then you'd see people walking up and down where you would see people start to go into the doghouse. It was very cool to see, and so I'm happy to be a part of that. I'm also happy to get some donuts this morning from a certain someone that shall remain anonymous, because Fitty was saying that I do not need to share the person who sent the donuts in. I don't need to say their name on air. I don't know why they don't want credit, but very noble of you to not want to have all of the credit for sending in the donuts. But there's a lot. We had a couple of boxes of Krispy Kreme show up, and they were the assorted flavors, all of them, right? If you like the chocolate covered, if you like the sprinkles, just the normal ones. There are all sorts of donuts in there. I went with the chocolate glaze, though. Uh, that's that's what I decided to go with. Which one did you
0: guys go for? Well, I mean, I'm a glaze guy through and through. So we had a whole box of them that seemed like they had been just coming out of the hot now sign. So, you know, when you get those hot now, they just kind of just... Melt in your hand. They were fantastic. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're pretty crazy good. And when you see the hot and uh, the what is it, hot and red not that's Little Caesars. <laughs> yes, yeah, hot now. Hot, hot now. That's right. Okay, so is that's that your the,
0: favorite crispy crane.
1: Yes, and please don't tell me it's Dunkin' Donuts for you,
0: right? I no, mean, nah, I like Dunkin' better because I like yeast. I like the big yeast donuts. But really, you know, I keep it local through and through. You Omg Donuts. Oh, okay. No, it's a place called Omg Donuts. In Concord, that's by Concord Mills Mall, that's over there by the Harley Davidson shop. I mean, you're talking about they're big yeast donuts, but they're so soft. I mean, they will they'll make you cry. They're so good. Yeah, I'm just the Krispy oh. Kreme. I don't the the
1: Dunkin' Donuts aren't nearly as good to me. You just like the bread donuts. You like, yeah, I like you like kind. substantial, yeah, I like the big yeast. Type of donuts. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's making me laugh when you say that.
2: Yeah, uh, yeast. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be your new your your new nickname on the show. By I the don't way, big, East. big I Yeast. Big I don't. I don't think that's good. Yeah, I, don't I don't think that's. A good <laughs> I don't They're not, why, not supposed to be rapper. good. That's why yours is
0: big bird. Yeah, there is a rapper name uh, Yeet? I think it is that all the kids like. Yeet.
1: I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know that name either. It yeah. sounds like a pretty lame Yeet. rap name though.
0: No, he he had some bangers. He had one that was pretty dope. But yeah. Um, yeah, OMG donuts I'm telling you. And duck donuts as well too. Duck donuts is great. those are big, right? Aren't those huge? No, they like, only had like those one. are like the cake donuts. Okay. You're talking about like I like when you talk about the yeast, there's your word again. But <laughs> duck donuts is the cake. They're cake donuts. All right, and then they give them to you warm. Oh. You can you can text us uh-huh. what your favorite donuts are. Seven zero four. Yeah, get it going. Five seven zero ninety
1: six ten. The text message. The garage door guru text line. 704-570-9610. Now we're back in studio. We're going to be able to get Fitty's thoughts on some of these topics, but we are ready to go. We have already boarded the bus. We got our headphones on. We pulled up to the scene. Now it's time to get off of the bus.
0: We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn.
1: Steve Wilks spoke to media yesterday about the quarterback change, maybe change. There's certainly a decision on the horizon. Here he is on when that decision will come in.
0: P.J. Walker is still working his way back. I have to wait and get the information from the uh, training staff on Wednesday with his status. He he could be in play based off what I get from the uh, training staff.
1: So it should come in Wednesday, just one more day away before we do get that decision made by head coach Steve Wilks. Wes, who should it be?
0: If PJ is available to play, it should be PJ. Because again, I've said it over and over again, I want to see a full picture, see him get a lot of reps to see just what he can be in this league. If it's not, I mean, just wow. You talk about picking the lesser of two evils. I guess you go with Sam Darnold just because Baker played so bad, but I'm sure you're going to see Baker Mayfield again. So (laughs) if PJ's available, you know, I say that, but like I said, then if not, go Sam Darnold, but Baker will be back. I think P.J. Walker is the
1: play too, and it's almost kind of protecting Sam a little bit, because even if Sam needs a chance, I don't even know if needs is the word, but if you do want to give Sam Darnold a shot, I do think there is some type of protect a protection given to him. If you put P.J. Walker out there first, and then you get a bad half, if that is the case for P.J., then you bring Sam in the second half, but I do think we have a pretty clear order right now, at least- on the back half of this I do think that Baker Mayfield right now is the third string quarterback I do I think if PJ is healthy he is going to start if Sam Darnold is healthy he's gonna be the backup QB and really the decision that we have to make here in Carolina is whether Sam Darnold or PJ Walker is going to be the starting QB Baker's not going to be that guy I think we do have a decision now. Baker is the third string quarterback. The only reason they threw him out there this time, because Sam was just coming back from injury, really, and P.J. wasn't ready to go, so he didn't dress, and he was not ready to throw the football whatsoever. I do think after that performance against Baltimore, we're sure the offensive coordinator was not good in Ben McAdoo calling plays in this game. No doubt about that. Baker also didn't help. I think we got a clear order here, Wes. I'm pretty
0: comfortable saying that. But I think, though, if P.J. really does have a high ankle sprain, I don't think he- he's going to play this week and if he does i don't think he's going to last long because a high ankle sprain this just happened what a week ago well if, if that holds him out then of course baker's going to be your high, backup high ankle sprains four to six weeks there's my dr brian i got my robe on and stuff but normally that's four to six weeks so i just don't see him if if he's ready and he really does have that even if he plays he's going to be gimpy and i don't think he'll be in long so i think that like i said we're going to see one or both of the other well something to keep in mind
1: all the time that all the listeners will also bring up it's the fact that you have zero incentive to play baker mayfield one he's not playing well but also you have the whole fifth round pick going to the fourth and so i would imagine there is incentive to try to keep him off of the field and he's justified it by the way that he's played i do think that would be the type of order that you have with quarterback as long as everybody is healthy we'll also take a look at second take tuesday this is the time where we give you maybe some more measured takes we go back we study the film we look at the play-by-play and then we pick at some of the plays that were more impactful than initially realized i have i have a couple there really wes sometimes we'll open up second take tuesday with a theme the theme of this one was just how miserably boring the game was oh. it, that, that, is, that did not take any nuance that did not take any film study yesterday to realize oh this was a really boring game it was brutal then and it was brutal watching it a second time and combing through the play by play
0: no doubt about it I mean like I said I like to run a football like the next man but the thing was that Neither one of these teams seemed like they even wanted to try to get a trunk play. They didn't even want to try any type of gadget plays, anything to break the offense open. They were just content with just continuing to run it, two yards, two yards, negative punt. And it was was just not a good brand of football that you want to see played in this era, especially with a quarterback as elite as Lamar Jackson on the field.
1: And it feels like one got away when lamar jackson doesn't play all that well right and you don't win the game yeah. that that's the thing that really hurts okay we limit lamar jackson to the type of game that he had the biggest passing play he had was the slant route against cj henderson of course because he's not been very good this year demarcus robinson had a career game and all of his receptions and yardage it really came against cj henderson i think he had seven i know he went over 100 yards and the big play he had 30 yards at the end of the first half. Yes, it's not a backbreaker because they didn't score a touchdown, which is more credit to the defense for not allowing them to score a touchdown with about 28 seconds left. But a field goal matters in this one, for sure, when it's such a low-scoring game. And so C.J. Henderson just playing so far off of DeMarcus where he's able to have that 30-yard gain on a slant route. That really hurt him. Now, speaking of things and players that are hurt, I would imagine Drake May and his Heisman race was very hurt by this game against Georgia Tech. I want to explore that a little further Further, later in the show, I don't think it's going to hurt him as much as some people. But mm. how do you? How much do you think that that Georgia Tech performance hurt Drake May in his chances Blame to win the Heisman?
0: emoji. Done. Blame emoji. It's done. Okay, you cannot. Crap the bed at home against Georgia Tech, a team with a losing record, and your stats are paltry. Had you lost that game and you put up the gaudy numbers that we're used to, okay, we might give you a little bit of leeway, but no, it, it's done. We can just book it. Um, he he might still maybe get a trip to New York because Quorum's hurt. We don't know how long he'll be out. I have and, an argument. I have an argument for it. And Hendon yeah. Hooker is out uh, for the year, so mm-hmm. that could open him up a slot. But like I said, I'll still maintain that I think next year is his year. I still think he goes to New York. I don't know if it absolutely
1: should have taken him out of the running. There is one player that really separated himself this weekend, and we'll go explore that a little further. My last question about Drake May in this moment is if he completes the pass to Josh Downs, which was not Drake May's fault, I do think that that moment because we're always about the narrative, right? We're always about the moment when we measure this award and so many others. If you have another game-winning moment for Drake May and Josh Downs holds on to it, Georgia Tech doesn't come back and score, I do think that that the ba- the scale is balanced. Because you're right. I'm not going to sit here and say that the stats were fantastic because they weren't. I mean, you can go to the box for yourself. It doesn't take a genius to say Drake May didn't perform very well. I do think in that moment where Drake May did what he was supposed to do and put it right on Josh Downs and he didn't handle it, I do think if that pass is completed, I think it salvages a Heisman chance maybe more so and we're not looking at it nearly as down as we are right now.
0: I think that it would be akin to... You know him standing close to the top of the mountain, and then he just slips off, and in his hand—he's still (laughs) hanging on by one. I can see the director's cut now. Save me, man! You know what I'm saying? Because I think still people will look at at least I would like you struggle with Georgia Tech you didn't play good for uh, a good portion of that game you came back and salvaged it but that's what you should have been doing the entire game so maybe you heard this comment
1: from Hornets head coach Steve Clifford before it was a great show he shared it it was the Wesson Walker show that he talked about (laughs) how different this Hornets team is today as opposed to when he took the job
0: Obviously, when I when I first you know, took the job, we had the full roster, sure. right? So to me,
1: it was a team ready to take another step. And I still think that we can get there. It's, I, I
0: think sometimes, I, I told the staff that this morning, you even have to be careful about evaluating individual guys right now in terms of... We have guys
1: that are good players, whose numbers may not be good, just because we're asking so much of them. You know, they're having to to play in roles, not that they're not capable of, but if we just had one or two more guys out there, it'd be a lot easier. That was in response to my question about him not wanting to take over a rebuild when he said that at the coaches' luncheon and then everything went horribly wrong this offseason for the Hornets. What did you make of that answer and really just some of the other comments Steve Clifford shared with us yesterday?
0: Well, yeah, I think Steve Clifford is a guy that's going to always shoot you straight, but I think that regardless of what he may have said, this was going to be uh, a rebuild in my mind once Miles Bridges uh, got into the trouble that he got in. I think that once that happened, I think that this became a rebuild, especially when they didn't make any roster moves. So, um, But yeah, I mean, Cliff is always going to shoot you straight, and I know that's not what he's interested in because he's a guy that's got a great reputation in this league, and he wants to win, and he wants to solidify that reputation with playoff appearances and playoff wins. He's tired of just getting there. Say, said that same thing at the
1: coaches' luncheon, yeah. how badly he wants playoff success, in yeah. any coach worth their weight once playoff success here in the NBA. We do have some text about donuts if you want to share your thoughts. 704-570-9610. Beef Supreme wrote in West. Dunkin' Donuts are frozen. Myron Goodman said Dunkin' is trash compared to Krispy Kreme. Blindside Chris said, what the hell? Get Wes out of the studio right now for your Dunkin' Donuts take. Well, that's fine.
0: I've I've never succumbed to peer pressure so them talking (laughs) trash on a thing will not change my opinion. I I might walk down the street and go enjoy one On social media just for them to, you know, get even more mad at it.
1: Yeah, there you go. Make, make make the audience even more angry <laughs> with another Dunkin' Donut eaten. But we do have a lot of Krispy Kreme, and we appreciate the anonymous listener who sent that in very much so. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with some more audio from Steve Wilkes about his QB decision on Wednesday. What are your expectations if Sam Darnold actually does play? We'll talk about that on the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Wes and Walker show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Feel free to text into the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. At 704-570-9610. How are you doing, Wes?
0: I'm good, man. I was just laughing at what we were talking about in the break, and then that <laughs> that wild imagination, wild imagination of mine got to going.
1: Well, we were talking during the first segment about some donuts. People still writing in seven zero four five seven zero
0: OMG donuts in Concord. Somebody, man. yeah,
1: no, somebody did Cape for O M G donuts as well. Uh, I think we had an. They it are a, phenomenal. An M J donuts. Does that
0: sound familiar? I love it's somebody. Yeah, MJ Donuts and Pineville. I don't know if I'd say a fetish, but I love local donut shop. I don't know if it's a fetish or not. Is that how you would describe it? I think you just like donuts. I love trying local donut shops, though, because I know what the national ones, I know what I'm getting, but when I find a good local donut shop, is just something about it I
1: love. It. Do, does fetish have to be sexual in nature? No, or can it so. be no. something that you just like? Can you have a donut fetish? Yeah. But if you say that, then I immediately go to the bedroom and yeah. I'm willing to be wrong about this. That's just where my brain goes. I don't have to ask Fitty. I know Fitty's mind immediately yeah, yeah. goes to the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing going on. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, no, no, your- no, no,
2: no, nope. Because you were the one this morning. Making all of these... All of these. All, all of these. All of these <laughs> comments that could have been taken, you know, a certain way. Usually that's my job. It is. But yeah. there was like 10 minutes straight where mate. you just would not stop <laughs> making sexual in was, I think
0: he was passive-aggressively trying to trigger you. 10 minutes straight. I mean,
1: this is this is the problem. Fitty, you would be a lot more believable if you just didn't spend it and stretch the truth all the way to 10 minutes. If you said you made a couple comments, then I really couldn't refute it. But then you want to go with 10 minutes, and mm-hmm. I will say... If that is your job, uh, right. you do an amazing job at it, and you deserved a, a pay raise. If that is your job, then you hear you deserve that, a, Jeff. Yeah, I I'm deserve a you. pay
2: raise. Walker yeah. said it. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. All right. Yeah, so, man. <laughs> I enjoyed it in Seattle trying the local donut
0: place.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, were they better than some of the local donut spots here?
0: Uh, I mean, you know what donuts? Who is. does it better? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You know what donuts, man. They all have a similar taste to it. There'll be a little bit of nuances here and there. But like I said, man, I still haven't found anybody to beat OMG. I, I really am capable for OMG, man. That place is nuts though. Yeah,
1: we got another duck donuts mentioned, donut house and Indian Trail. Uh, Duck Donut, to Duck Donuts. So that, yeah, that's that's what people Donuts are on. Off the chain. Yeah, that's it's what people are on right now. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Let's get to some of the Steve Wilkes comments about the QB decision. Is he we, talking we,
0: about Duck Donut. Uh,
1: I'm sure he would. I mean, maybe we can, you don't need to make that decision Wednesday. You can go and make that right now and head over to Duck Donuts if you want. And we deserve a pay raise from Duck Donuts. Getting lying. an endorsement.
0: Oh no, man, O M G, out here. Look, come on now. Uh, so
1: we both said if P J Walker is healthy, fully healthy. He should be the guy. Yeah. And I do think, again, it's because of that protection for Sam Darnold. But I don't mind giving Sam a shot. The the If you want angry Walker the next day after the decision or during the decision, it would be to start Baker Mayfield. I don't think Steve Wilkes is going to do that. Because Steve Wilkes has already made this decision before. And he decided to go with P.J. Walker, even against Cincinnati. Then he switched it to Baker, went to Baker in the second half. Mm-hmm. And Baker played well, but again, it was all against backups. And so against starters, right? In Baker Mayfield starts, it has not gone well whatsoever. Go back to PJ. And if PJ struggles, then you go to Sam. I think that is the natural progression in how this should work. But I do expect some decent things from Sam, or at least throwing the ball downfield, at least having a shot, right? It's not because Baker Mayfield has been this huge turnover machine, even though it became that way at the end of this game against Baltimore, Sam Darnold, I would probably argue is more prone to turnovers and turnovers make it a lot uglier. Right. But I still just want that shot that you were talking about with the OC game plan being so conservative yes. yesterday with Ben McAdoo. Yes. I don't know what Ben McAdoo would do with Sam Darnold at at quarterback. I just hope that it would explore downfield a little bit more than what he did with Baker yesterday or on Sunday.
0: Yeah, we talked about it in the pre-show. We talked about it yesterday. I just don't understand these NFL coaches, especially when you're on bad teams. Ben McAdoo is one of those guys that's locked in. His name is going to always come up for jobs no matter what. So there's no job security to worry about there. Steve Wilkes, I feel, is in the same boat as far as a coordinator, but we know he's trying to get a head coaching job, and that is what is playing into uh, this philosophy that they have on offense. But I just don't understand why in the midst of a game, why are you not just emptying the playbook each week, giving teams something to think about because it helps you for the next week when teams have to think about maybe some of the trickery that you might do. And why not try something if you see that the offense is stagnant Try something to open things up instead of just continuing to hand the ball to Deontay Freeman and say, go bang your head against the wall for two yards. Like, reverse. Throw a deep pass. Why receiver well, pass or something?
1: It felt like their excuse to be creative was throwing to Laviska Chenault at the line of scrimmage, which right. wasn't really creative. Yeah, I and mean, they have that package for him, but they're not using him in any other way, really.
0: And teams know at this point, when they see him in the game, they know that's coming at some point. They're just not using him any differently.
1: I, I want to go back to Sam because we did see good football from Sam at the beginning of the season, just in twenty twenty one. Carolina starts three and zero, and then it all goes horribly wrong in the rest of the Sam Donald starts for the most part only gets one other win, that was against the Atlanta Falcons nineteen to thirteen. That was on Halloween, where he throws for one hundred twenty nine yards. It really wasn't even all that great of a performance. Did rush for sixty, but here are the first three games he played: two seventy nine passing. 305 passing, 304 passing. Even in the loss against Dallas, that was not some embarrassment he put up there. Three hundred yards passing there, the passing rating, it still was about eighty-five or above. Like that's pretty decent. Hell, we're begging for a passer rating of eighty-five or above right now if you're a Carolina Panther fan. So you can go to those first three games where yes, it was against pretty bad competition, and I guess the Saints, you destroyed them twenty six to seven, but you took care of business. I'll also go to Minnesota where I do think Sam Darnold gave us his best throw of the year, the sideline throw to DJ Moore against Minnesota to set them up to tie the game and go into overtime. We at least have some moments. No, it is not a lot. But we have one or two, maybe a handful, maybe if you stretch it out. But we have some moments with Sam Darnold, and that was with the worst offensive line. Pretty much the same group of pass catchers, except for, you know, because remember, Chris McCaffrey was out after the first two games. So minus Robbie Anderson, hell, you might even say Terrace Marshall at this point in his development is an upgrade over Robbie Anderson, the way that he's been playing one of the top five highest graded players by PFF on the offense this last weekend or this past game. Yeah. So Sam Darnold giving us that moment against Minnesota, giving us those first three games. I mean, Wes. We were all wanting somebody else besides Sam Darnold to start at QB this year, and it's hilarious and sad, all of the above, the fact that we're going back to Sam Darnold. Hey, bro. And the hmm. fact that that's happening, somebody's phone here is in the studio. Hey, I don't know who left your phone in the studio, but it's Willie P. Willie P. is calling whoever's phone is in the studio. We should have <laughs> answered it. I don't know whose phone that is, but somebody we should have Somebody must it. want a
2: dry brisket because <laughs> he's a Colin. <laughs>
1: We got moments from Sam. We haven't gotten that from Baker. And that alone is the reason why Sam should be the guy that is ahead of Baker on the QB depth chart.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had some moments. But I think the thing is, one of the things that they would be worried about is throwing the ball down the field with him. When you look at his splits last year, you know, when it was third and 10 plus to go, he's two touchdowns, nine interceptions, a 67 rating. Uh, But also the second half of football games was not his forte with a 56 completion uh, percentage. How about you stay in your own lane, bro? <laughs> four touchdowns, ten interceptions in second halves of those games, and sacked a whopping twenty times. Now the offensive line is a lot better than it was then, but I think just with Sam Darnold, you know, at some point, no matter how good he may play, the wheels are just going to come off at some point. It's just bound to happen. Well, that's what do you, what do you want from the QB
1: spot as far as the guys that are on this team, uh-huh. right? Because for me, I'm not getting it twisted with what Sam no is. Doubt, no doubt. I just want to see Sam over Baker.
0: And this was not always true. I I don't know if I defended. But see, that's my thing. What will you see from him that's that much different than you will see from Baker besides a different three. jersey number and he might throw so, the ball down the field a couple of times if well, the coaches allow well, him to.
1: Well, I think that matters one, but also 300-yard passing games. We had 3 of them in the first 4 games last year with the worst offensive line. We also saw like 280, which would be more than what Baker Mayfield threw for. You know what else Sam brings that Baker doesn't? Sam is a better runner. And he showed that at the very beginning. We had all the Cam Darnold jokes, right? Which were, again, all jokes. But Sam Darnold is just a flat-out better runner than Baker Mayfield. And P.J. Walker doesn't run. And that's one of the things I've talked about quite a bit. I'd like to see him run a little bit more. But Sam did. And so that could be a part of the offense. I don't know if Ben McAdoo wants to incorporate that. He hasn't with PJ or Baker, but Sam can run a little bit. I, yeah, this is not a this is not something where Sam can come in and I think can hold on to the job next year. I I always thought it was a horrible horrible decision to trade for Sam, to yeah. give up three draft picks. I thought it was a horrible decision to do that. While Baker Mayfield was coming in, and you were so desperate to move off of Sam after you picked up the fifth year option that you were willing to go to Baker. But now here we are, where he at least has something, right? It's all about the amount of evidence that you have that demonstrates you can play football. And Baker does not have that in the Panther uniform. Sam does, however, minute that sample size might be.
0: Yeah. So it's. It's such a tough situation to be in because as I said, it's like it's basically like you talked about with the Spider Man that sit there and point at each other. But as I said with PJ Walker, you know, he's the guy that's got the most approved as far as just showing what he can do in this league. So I just again the injury scares me as to how much more we will get to see from him because I don't know that it's going to be very much if that ankle is is as bad as what they say it is. And I think with Baker and Sam, it's just going to be more of the same. Uh, but the downfield passing is something to look forward to. It's just a matter of will the coaches, yeah, let him. What what will the game plan be? Because we see what Wilkes how he gets down. And so if you're bringing Sam in that hasn't played in so long. I don't know that they're going to give him a game plan. That's going to allow him to do much of anything.
1: Well, no, it's a good point about the rust. Even when he comes back and he's fully healthy, I don't know if he is right now. And that was why we decided Baker was okay in that moment to go ahead and start against Baltimore, but you're right. It might take a little while for him to get into a rhythm throwing against whatever team Sam might see some snaps with the other interesting thing. When comparing all of these quarterbacks, I do think that Sam and PJ are different than Baker one. You mentioned you don't know if the play caller is going to allow them to throw downfield. Well, P.J. did a little bit. Yeah. You know, he did. Not against the Rams, but I think that was more Steve Wilks. I think this might have been the most poorly called game of Ben McAdoo's career here in Carolina. I I really think it was that conservative against a team where all you needed was a few points and nothing was able to come of it. I, I thought the... The abandoning the run was a little weird the when they did it, even if, even if it wasn't being as successful, you also weren't very creative. You just kept throwing screens to LaVisca and had four receptions for seven total yards. Just It wasn't working, you know, and Baker and Ben McAdoo as a tandem. They did a great job of absolutely destroying the offense. I I do think Ben McAdoo would explore downfield more so with Sam Darnold and he already has with PJ after that Rams game. He definitely has against Atlanta against some of these other teams. But with PJ and, and Sam, I do think it has more potential to go horribly, horribly wrong with throwing the interceptions because the way that these QBs get benched at halftime or get taken out of the game and then somebody else comes in after another series, it's the fact that those guys in Panthers uniforms, we've seen them turn the ball over a lot. Baker, yeah, he's thrown a lot of interception in his career, 26 to 8 was the best touchdown to interception ratio he had. That was 2020. That was the good year, 11 and five with Cleveland. Six touchdowns and six interceptions for Baker this year. Now, he's not throwing touchdown passes, but if you go to all of the starts, like one interception a game, that's not, oh my God, we need to bench you bad. It's all of the other things around Baker. Sam Darnold and PJ, the way to get... Hold immediately is for them to throw a million interceptions. And I think that probably is at a higher risk with those two guys than Baker, even if I want to see some of that downfield shot more with those two other QBs.
0: Well, I think a key factor as well is when they decide to throw the ball down the field, I think a lot is predicated on how the run game is going. Mm -hmm. I mean, we look at some of the games when they've been able to run the ball, open up the defense, you know what I'm saying? And make that box a little bit heavier. Those are the times where they do feel confident, to be able to go downfield. But if they're not able to do those things, I think it makes them a little bit scared because they don't trust these quarterbacks to throw into coverage. And so I think that's the the conundrum they run into and why they get so scared because they feel like, hey, if we're running the ball well, the reads are going to be more defined. He's going to be able to find who we're looking for, you know, as soon as the ball is snapped. But if it's not, I don't think they trust really any of these guys to throw in the coverage.
1: Woody and Huntersville wrote in the difference in Sam and PJ is that they give you games that make you look forward to next week, at least with some type of hope. (laughs) And that's honestly a good point. What is Baker hasn't done anything to give you hope for next week that you might see some fun offense. PJ did. Sam did at the beginning of 2021, and we haven't seen it this week. And and again, it's it's not to say that I want to ride with these QBs. You have to draft one in the first round. You have to. But they give you at least some hope that the offense can look better as it did against Tampa, as it did against Atlanta with P.J. Walker. You have some sort of games where P.J. played decently well and or average
0: now did we feel that way about pj after the cincinnati game though that that's the question well
1: no but we're not asking do you feel great consistently
0: because that's clearly
1: no (laughs) we're asking have there been times where you did feel good afterwards the answer is no with baker the answer is yes with pj walker now i did want to go to some other people debating about baker mayfield rather than us and that would be among the best debaters out there Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Apparently things got pretty heated in an argument over Baker Mayfield. Here's that sound by
0: he says he's dead last in QBR. Seventeen point we're eight. talking about yesterday. Oh, How did he look yesterday? No, guess no, an no, out No. no. Let me, I got the floor. Uh. Because all you do is bring up those 11 games. All you do is go back and talk about when he was a rookie and won 7 games. Mm. I'm gonna talk about what I want to talk about cause I got the floor. Mm. Baker Mayfield is dead last in 2022 at QBR. Blah, blah, he's blah. He's dead last, I don't blah, care, blah 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 blah, 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 blah. He's 57.8, he's 30-30 completion percentage. Blah. You gonna let me talk? Because that's you'll, what you. If you stay on point on questions, you never stay on point. Okay, I'm I about done. to stay you on point. You know, you're not gonna okay. get on point until yeah. I'm done talking. Okay, all right. That's right. <laughs> you all your hate. I'm gonna spew it your all. Your hate, hate. <laughs> Seventeen point eight. Because all you talk about, you're uncertain about Justin Herbert, but you get on the floor for this clown. He's a bum. He's trash, and you know it. And every time you bring him up, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let the world know exactly what he uh, is. Oh, you have more Twitter followers. Don't worry about. It. Hold yeah. on. Okay. You talk about Twitter here discuss topics that you okay. tweeted okay. so don't give me about that twitter stuff <laughs> you can talk about my followers all you want yeah. but i got the okay. to get the right and you see how he do america He talk about my twitter followers what
1: was a bigger <laughs> sign of defeat from skip bayless was it the fact that he brought up twitter followers or was it that he immediately went to blah 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 what was the bigger sign yeah. of defeat from from skip bayless then? i
0: heard this yesterday on my way home because i don't get to see the show obviously because we are on Uh, And planning, working hard for the people while the show was on. So I listened to the podcast and I heard it and I was just cracking up. I agree with Shannon Sharp wholeheartedly. But yeah, yeah. Skip just, you know, that's what he did. And I think the bigger admission was the blah, 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 because (laughs) he knew he did not have an answer for what Shannon was saying because that's what Skip does all the time. He continually goes back to Baker's rookie year, just like he would do with Tebow when he would always go back to the, uh, and I love Tim Tebow, but he would always go back to the playoff win against Pittsburgh and when he went on the win streak in Denver. I mean,
1: that's that's all you have to go off of. And that's what, that is that is Skip Bayless, man. Blah, blah, blah. No, it was an excellent point. So were the Twitter followers there from one Skip Bayless. All right, let's go to the Fitty Flash, what you got for us today, the first time up, Fitty.
2: Well, guys, we talked about this last night in our show group chat, but I figured we would still bring it to the air. Oh, yeah. EA Sports was set to release the return of the college football game next summer, but that is now being delayed to the summer of 2024. Daryl Holt, the EA Sports vice president, said, quote, that's the best date for us to bring the game that we think is going to meet meet or exceed our player expectations. We are all three gamed on this game. We all did a a, dynasty mode, race for Heisman, whatever it it was. So much fun. This is this is a death blow for guys like you and me, Walker, who don't own gaming consoles that are up to date, but this was the one game that could have lured us back into the game, as the kids say.
1: Oh, I loved college football. 06, Desmond Howard on the cover, the Race to the Heisman campaign. I would always play for Carolina. I would always make sure I had 100 yards receiving, 100 yards rushing, and 400 <laughs> yards passing. Oh, selfish, so the most, the most selfish of scrambling Viva. QB prototype player I would create <laughs> for NCAA. A-06, and they would never give you the Heisman if you were a freshman or sophomore because, remember, nobody had ever done it at that point. It was only until later, Jameis and then Johnny Manziel. So, I don't care if I had 7,000 total yards in a season, they still would not give me the Heisman and I was angry, (laughs) but it was still a whole hell of a lot of fun getting that 7,000 and like 57 touchdowns.
0: I mean, listen, college football, without a doubt, was my favorite game. I had the very first one with Danny Werfel, and I feel like I had every one of them except for maybe three I was a part of three i got a check off the lawsuit which was bittersweet i shed a little bit of a tear because my favorite game had ended but i did get a nice check i went to san diego off of that but uh i walked past GameStop this morning saw they were offering a ps5 and i just looked and i said dang i said because you know we're not going to get cops but as long as you bring the fire then all will be forgiven if you push the game back. But you can't come back with this trash. I like to watch man tournaments, but I watch a lot of videos about how man has gone downhill. Yeah. So as long as they come with the heat, then it is okay. Take your time. We want a great product. What, what
1: better way to go into the campus corner than asking this question for the text line, 704-570-9610. Tell us your favorite college football game. It can even be a mini game because Option Attack is still the most addictive game ever I to me. I used to do
0: that in the summer. Like oh. when I was waiting on the new one to drop, me and I would all Buddies. and I would play seven on seven I just play seven on seven T- with the guys. non-stop 704 yeah. five
1: 796 10 you can tell us your favorite college football video game story we will also hear from Biff Pogey, the new Charlotte 49er coach he spoke to the media yesterday we'll go over some of his comments and some disappointing news if you're a 49er fan as far as losing one of these players that's coming up next Weston Walker sports radio 927 wfnZ <laughs> Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, talking about some college football video games. Joe Gibbs Jr. wrote in, you guys forgot on NCAA you could do a draft export to your Madden, and then it was like Wes says, straight fire. Not
0: at all. I did that several times. Yeah, yeah,
1: I... That was a little bit later in the 2000s, though. I no, think.
0: No, you could do it for a long time. Oh, you is could that do right? It in the in the 90s versions, early 2000s, oh, all that, because Panthers fans, you would be glad to know that actually did when I did like the Panthers for a bit. Uh, <laughs> what happened? Can we explore that further? What happened okay. for your disdain right, to happen right. to
1: Caroline? Because you are now a San Francisco fan, and I know they were in the same no, division. Not now, okay, don't say the now. Well, I didn't mean. That you weren't always, I guess. I run deep. Okay. You are still a San Francisco. You've always been a diehard San Francisco yes. fan. But now there not only is just not the fandom for Carolina, but there yes. is the disdain that doesn't seem to have always been there yes, by yes. your admittance. But I'm going
0: to always be objective, people. I always remember that. But, okay. Uh, so I was saying I did a draft where I carried it over, and I got Mike Williams from USC, and I got uh, Kellen Winslow in like the third round. And Kellen Winslow came in. He was like an 84, and Mike Williams was like an 88 off the chain. Anyway. Uh No, you know, I, it started out bandwagon real skins in 91. Then I went to the Niners in 92. And, you know, the Panthers came later, but I didn't switch over. They went in the same division as San Francisco. That is where my Queen City Magic uh, theory was birthed because Carolina had these ragtag expansion teams. Niners would have Jerry Rice and Steve Young and these great teams. And they would just play out of body. Like, I'm coming into the game like, oh, they're going to crack the Panthers. They just play out about it. Anthony Johnson goes for 150. Mark <laughs> Carrier catching everything inside Burline getting hit in the mouth. I love Burline. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah. I was like, they always beat my team, so I, I didn't like them then. Then when I went to college, everybody cheered for their local teams because like my my uh, my roommate was from Louisiana. Uh, the guys across the hall was from Louisiana, so they cheered for the Saints. So I was like, all right, I'll adopt the Panthers. That was the 2 and 14 year the year they drafted Peppers. But then, you know, when I came back and it started, you know, when Kaepernick and the crew played that year because coming into that season, I was only worried about the Seahawks because I knew that was the only team that could play with them. And Panther fans, if you remember that year, they won a defensive game that Vernon Davis was out, Michael Crabtree was out, and Smith was out. And Panther fans were just chirping, 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 chirping talking trash. This would have been like, what, twenty. 20- 14? Something like that. Was it yeah, before yeah. the Super Bowl was It run? was before the Super Bowl. Okay. So they were just chirping, chirping, chirping. So I'm like, come on, man. I, I tell them in the barbershop, I'm like, listen, y'all don't matter. Y'all don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things I'm worried about. Seattle. So then anyway, when the Panthers came, they played them in the playoffs. Oh, no, this was like 2013. Yes. I remember this year. Yes. Yeah, of course. This is yeah. the year, I believe, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl and played the Ravens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so Maybe before. Yeah, so um, when Kaepernick came through, you know, and shut down the Superman, but Panthers just talking, talking, talking. And I knew the 49ers were going to beat them in that playoff game when they had everybody back. But it was just early in that game. And you know how Fox does those super tight slow-mo isos. And I remember on the fourth down when the Panthers went for it on the goal line and Cam was like, they showed him going to the sideline. He's like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I jumped up in my house and I said combinations of curse words of what wasn't going to happen that you just wouldn't believe. And it was at that moment when I was talking reckless about Cam I said, I can't do this. I said, I can only cheer for my team. I said, I can't do this anymore. So this is not the, the disdain for Carolina. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's recent
1: anymore, but it's definitely not ages old. It, it's within yeah. the last decade for you where yeah, the disdain yeah. grew yeah, for I mean, Carolina. Yeah. And it was because they beat San Francisco what, the year what, where there was a final interception is the year. I'm thinking it was the interception the, that I Yes,
0: did. and just the fans were just so aggravating. It was like as a 49er fan, I, I'm not going to say I felt arrogant or above them. But I wasn't worried about the Panthers. I was only worried about the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom. Mm -hmm. But Panther fans just talk like they're the 70s Steelers. And I was like, come on. Like, in the grand scheme of things, y'all have done nothing. (laughs) We have five Lombardis. You've done nothing. Did you do the
1: whole bandwagon thing going to San Francisco, though, after you admitted to doing it to Washington? I was
0: nine years old. I feel like by the time you're 13, you should pick your teams, and that's who you're going to rock with. But I was nine. (laughs) I watched the 49ers. I liked how they played. I liked their uniforms. Because I've been a sophisticated sports fan. Mm, Pinky talking. out, huh? You could ask my uncle. Back in the day, he said talking to me was like talking to an adult when I was a child about sports because I was really into it. So w- once I watched the 49ers, I liked the uniforms. I liked the way they played. I said, this is going to be my team.
1: There you go. That's the story of Wes's love for San Francisco right. and the disdain But I did do Carolina. the dynasty.
0: I mean, the franchise with the Panthers and with Mike Williams and Kellen Winslow. Man, they would were- Ooh, I, I, I hate.
1: I was. I was watching the Maurice Clarett documentary the other day, yeah. and I was immediately. I immediately thought of Mike Williams. I was watching the game live where he caught yeah. the one-handed touchdown pass. Oh, Mike was, Williams was absolutely crazy. Was, All right, he was sick. On let's that. do a quick visit to Campus Corner. I did want to talk about yeah. the Charlotte 49er head coach comments. Biff Poggi spoke to media. I think he won the introductory press conference, and it was hilarious. By the way, Will Healy. I don't know if you're listening. Listening. He was taking some shots, saying that. He's not going to be a coach that is looking to just use this as some stepping stone to go to a different job. Mm, he was the using the, the, he he was saying that this is something where You should take this head coaching job and try to do everything beneficial for the kids and make sure that their position, their life is enhanced because of your presence on this football team. And he also had this to say about his goals with Charlotte football.
0: When that is announced, you're going to be, I think, very impressed with with who you see coming in here. Our goal is very simple. We want to win the AAC. And we want to win it repeatedly. And we want to get to the college football playoff. That's why I left Michigan. And that's what I'm expecting
1: to do here. And you should be asking, what's your timetable?
0: And my timetable is now.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's it's strong, man. <laughs> anyway, I my favorite is never have I ever heard a coach come in and tell the media what they should be asking. Usually they'll try to win and then they'll say all of the right stuff. For I mean, it's easy to win the introductory press conference, it really is. But then there's doing what Biff Poji did. If you really what you should be asking is the timeline, and the timeline is now. I, I'm I'm not surprised at all. Mike Hill hung up hung up that phone and said, you know what? Please be the head coach of Charlotte.
0: I'm on board. I've always liked the 49ers, okay, and uh, the other 49ers here in Charlotte. And, you know, I like this. Everything about his background says that this man is a winner, okay. He came in there. They said he played an integral part in turning the Michigan program's culture around, the way he won in high school. And that was the thing he spoke to, too, when you said that, when he said that about the players. I thought that that was special when they talked about how he was doing with the tuition and the housing for his players. I said, this is a guy that's going to care about his players. That means a lot. I told you guys a story when we were sitting there one time during the break and how the coach from Florida came to my house. Right. I ain't afraid to say no names. Jim Collins came to my house and acted a plum fool, giggling, laughing, all this stuff. Plum and When fool. I got to college, all the man did, he didn't say two words to me but to cuss me out and so that makes you not that really turns you off as a kid going to a program you don't like that especially when you're out of state and you with guys you don't know and then coaches treating you like that so when i read that about him i said this guy cares about the players that's gonna go a long way on top of those hedge fund buddies with the scrilla Uh, okay
1: we we did get some bad news for charlotte though before we had to break charlotte standout receiver grant debose he's entered the transfer portal Grant DeBose is an absolute beast, though. Yeah,
0: so, but get him up out of there. We got Wait. Biff up in there. He's going to get winners. Because you heard, you heard what he said about the quarterback, right? No, he I didn't. He said he got a stud coming. He said he said he right. loves the guys they have on the roster, but he said he got a stud coming. And, and shout out to Chris Reynolds. I want to give him the light of the day,
1: uh, yeah. maybe tomorrow, because Chris Reynolds, I think, is the most important Charlotte 49er football in program history. It's a, it's a young program, right? But what he did for that program, I think that was a lot, and I, I do want to give him his credit. But Grant DeBose, he is transferring – he finished with 126 catches, 1,700 yards, and 15 touchdowns yeah, the last two wait.
0: seasons. We've got a spot for you.
1: Uh, or Carolina, where you got
2: an All-American Heisman uh, Trophy-level quarterback t- going to be back next <laughs> year. I mean, I'm
1: telling you, it got, uh, if That's you true. if you don't know, get familiar with Grant DuBose. The dude will be that playing might, on that Sundays. That would be a
0: good spot for him to go to Carolina.
1: It'd be, it'd be fantastic. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll have plenty more college football discussion coming up. But it's second take Tuesday. We take a look at a couple of the impact plays offensively and defensively on the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92 seven WFNZ.